Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I am so glad that you are all here today. Whether you've listened to every episode or this is your very first one, welcome. You are all special to me in your in your own way. Last week, our topic was finding and keeping your soulmate. And you know what? I got a lot of messages from people on this. And I think that we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to love and relationships and how the universe looks at all this. Uh, One of the emails I wanted to read because it stood out to me. This one is from Marissa. She said, hello, Samantha. I wanted to reach out to let you know how much I appreciate your radio show. Every week, I learn something that helps me grow on my spiritual awakening journey. During the episode last week, you talked about a fear of throwing up. I relate to this. This is a fear I have had since I can remember. I also have an irrational fear of airplanes, airports, and flying, as well as public bathrooms. I want to overcome these so bad, but I don't know where to start. I can't seem to just flip the switch and turn these fears off. Do you have any tips of how to get past these fears? Thank you for all you do. Love, Marissa. So I I wanted to give a few tips on this because uh, I know that there are a lot of people that have these types of fears, especially the fear of flying and airports and stuff. I get what I call airport stomach, where my stomach gets like all weird. And even when I'm not flying, like my my stomach just knows we're at the airport. I also used to have a huge fear of flying. And what I did is I took a course online because one of the things that I was scared the most about was turbulence. And then there's also parts like when you're taking off where the plane feels like it's like going to fall out of the air or whatever. But in these courses, it goes through all of that. It explains all the noises that the, that the airplanes make. And maybe if you, you know, did that course, it would help you with the issues that you have with just being at the airport or flying in general. The public restrooms, I hear that one sometimes. Thankfully, I don't have that because I go to the bathroom every 10 seconds. So that would be a problem. But I can understand because those those are dirty. But in these kinds of situations and and going back to the, the vomiting one as well is in these situations, I tell myself or I ask myself, actually, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like when it comes to throwing up, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to suck, right? It's not fun. I mean, you could be really sick. There could be something seriously wrong with you, but most of the time there isn't. So I don't even go there. I just go, well, well, this is going to suck, but you know what? It'll be over or whatever. But definitely trying to look at worst case scenario, because in something like vomiting or in you know public restrooms or whatever, the, the worst case scenario is usually not that bad. Public restrooms are really dirty. Yeah. But if you wash your hands, you really don't have much to worry about. Just don't touch your face and, and all of that. So, you know, everybody has their own fears and um, they can't just be turned off like a light switch. They have to be worked on. When I went through that time where I tried to get past this and I did. It really was just not having somebody around me, too, that was constantly going, I'm afraid to throw up. I'm afraid to throw up. That was a big deal. So it has a lot to do with what's going on inside your head, the people that surround you. But anytime that you have like one of those fear thoughts, too, I would redirect the thought, find something else to think about, something more pleasant. 
And that will help you to get past some of those things. But don't worry that you can't just turn them on and off because it doesn't work like that. It takes time to get over those things. So so I hope that that helps you, Marissa. And thank you for your message. And thank you to everybody that sent messages this last week. I, I love reading them and love knowing that the episodes help because I do feel like a lot of things are relatable. And even though, you know, you might not have the same experiences as, as me, they're probably relatable and you can put them into your own life, at least in some ways. And that's kind of what brings me to today's topic. Today's topic is when mom is the problem. And it's interesting because Sunday is Mother's Day. And I've been thinking about doing this episode for quite a while. And then all of a sudden, I think it was, uh, I don't know, Monday or so of last week that I thought, you know what, the following week, I'm going to do Mother's, the, the Mother's episode. And then I started working on it and it hit me. Oh my gosh, it's Mother's Day that week. And I thought maybe I shouldn't do this because, you know, it is Mother's Day. But I really, once I started thinking about that, that wasn't really the way to look at it. I think the way to look at it is for a lot of us, Mother's Day is not that pleasant holiday. It's not the happy one that we look forward to because Maybe we've ha- we have a mother that wasn't so good to us or, you know, even for people that would like to have children and, and can't or whatever, a lot of people have a thing where they don't like Mother's Day. So I figured I'm going to go ahead and do it. And we're going to talk about when mom is the problem. Mother's Day is uh, my least favorite holiday, <clears throat> at least the one that everybody celebrates. Easter is my second Um, because of trauma that I suffered as a child. But Mother's Day also is because it's a constant reminder, not only that my mother has passed, but also that I didn't have the type of mother that I would have liked to have growing up. And I know that there's a lot of people that feel the same way, that you see your Facebook feed on Mother's Day and it's, I love my mom. She's so wonderful. She's been the greatest influence in my life. She did everything she could for me. And then there's those of us that didn't have that kind of mom sitting there going, well, fabulous, but that's not how I feel. You know, it can be a very kind of solemn day for a lot of us, depending on what the issues are with your mother. This episode is more based on um, our childhoods and being raised by a mother that maybe wasn't fully present or had her own issues. The reason that I, I, I thought about this episode is because it kind of hit me many years ago. I'm going to say like 10 years or so ago. I had this epiphany out of nowhere that moms are the problem. And I'm not saying that dads are not a problem. I'm not saying there aren't deadbeat dads or dads that, you know, skip out on their kids or or whatever. But when I talk to people that have a mother that was bad or a father that was bad, usually they will tell me that dad left because of mom. Dad left because there was something mom was doing or, you know, they get a divorce and then mom works so hard to keep dad away from those kids that dad just goes, I can't do this anymore. And that seems to be the norm when it comes to toxic moms that the dads will say, I, you know, I did everything I could. And a lot of dads, they will stick around. And it's very, very difficult. I have no doubt. Uh, for them to do that. I had a very different kind of situation. Um, So I had a man that was raised, I was raised to believe was my father. His name's John. And growing up, my mom did nothing but trash talk him. Come to realize he wasn't my real father and she knew that. But I 
I didn't know that. And so I thought that this man was my father. I went along in, in my childhood believing that and believing that my own biological father wanted nothing to do with me and that he was an alcoholic and he was a horrible person. And she filled my head full of all of these things that some of them were not true. Some of them were. But these are things that toxic moms do. Toxic moms fill their children's head with dad's a bad guy. And and he's, you know, whatever's going on in the marriage or the relationship, it's, it should stay there. But I know that there's a lot of you listening right now that can relate to this because I've heard it from many that mom trash talked dad. And that made it very difficult to know who was the bad person. Was it mom or was it dad? Because, you know, mom's trash talking dad but like a lot of times dads don't trash talk the moms back and so it's very 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 confusing to the children why is this going on my mom used to take me to disneyland all the time and her favorite ride was pirates of the caribbean and if you've ever been on this ride there's one scene where there's a pirate sitting in mud with a bunch of pigs and every single time we passed it she would go there's your dad there's john with his pigs drinking his alcohol you know whatever she wanted to say that day that, you know, they related to John, she did. And I grew up thinking that that's what he was like. And I never gave him the opportunity to show me what he was really like because she trash talked him. And this is a very common problem. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things that mothers do. But I, I definitely, like I was saying, had that epiphany that moms are not what we are raised to believe that they are. Because if you're Gen X like me or you're a boomer even, um, it's it seems like it, we were raised very much to believe that moms were the one that were supposed to have the kids, that when there was a divorce, mom should automatically get them. You know, mom has them during the week or dad has them on the weekend or every other weekend or during the summer or whatever it was. But mom seemed to be the one that needed to be the support for the children. And this is not so much the case anymore. The courts actually do look more at what is going on in a situation, I feel, than they did like when the Gen Xers, when we were children, where they were just like, oh, mom gets custody, here we go. Now they're looking at it more. Now they're seeing that the moms definitely have a tendency to be the one with the issues. So we hear about this term daddy issues, right? So mommy issues is actually a thing. It's actually a thing. Uh, you know, caused by even too much parenting. It could be too little parenting, being a toxic mom, or, uh, you know, not enough too much. They're both just as toxic. Mommy issues can cause a lot of problems forming or maintaining healthy adult relationships, healthy relationships with your own children. And due to a person's insecure or unhealthy relationship with mom, it can also lead to negative self-image, low levels of trust with others, or a lot of other issues that you take into adulthood. Because of the way that my mother was with me, I am a very different person. I mean, we're all different in our own ways. But one of the things about me is that I'm I'm super highly independent because I was basically I basically raised myself. My grandparents were a huge part of my childhood and I did spend a lot of time with them. But when I was with my mother, at least for the first 13 years of my life, she was not a mother. She was a babysitter that did the least amount possible. She fed me, she clothed me, she gave me a roof over my head. Um, but the things that children need 
I did not get those from my mother, the love, the affection, the compassion, sympathy. Uh, whenever I did something that she didn't like, there was always repercussion to pay for it. Either it was, I was called stupid or, you know, whatever. She, she had a sense of humor, a lot like Roseanne, a very, very sarcastic sense of humor, but a lot of times it just made it that I didn't even want to go to her with my issues. So I kept, I kept a lot of my problems inside and those manifested into issues that I've now taken into adulthood and that I've had to work very, very hard to get past and have not gotten past all of them. And I know that there's a lot of, of you out there that are listening that can understand that, that you didn't really necessarily see these things developing in yourself until you were an adult. I decided very early on that I did not want to have biological children. And one of them is because I never, ever wanted to be the type of mother that my mom was. I, but when you're raised by, you're raised by your grandparents, mostly, you know, that's a different kind of relationship that it can't fill the parent relationship. It can't fill what a mother or a father can give. So when you're raised with a mother that is not there most of the time, and a non-existent father, well, who teaches you the things that you're supposed to be taught? You teach yourself, I suppose, uh, which is very much the way that my childhood went. Um, it was interesting, though, with my mom growing up, there were like two versions of her. She was one mom for like the first 13 years of my life and then a different mom for the, the next 13 because she died when I was 26. Uh, I was taken from her by Child Protective Services when I was 12 years old and placed with my grandparents. And then I went back to live with, with her when I was 13. And after that, she changed. But because of all of the damage that had been done from my childhood, those first 13 years, I did not have respect for her in my teenage years and like early 20s, we started really developing a good relationship, you know, ironically, right before she passed away within the last few years of, of her passing. But she was two different people. And, you know, she was the one that that didn't want to raise me by herself when I was younger. And then when I was 13 and over, it was the overbearing, overprotective, trying to live her life through me type of mom. And it was very, very confusing. Um she was similar with my brother. My brother was not raised by her. His dad was involved a lot. He was a very good dad. And I'm very thankful that Justin has had that. But for the most part, he was raised by nannies and babysitters. She did not take us to school. She most of the time did not pick us up from school. Uh, it, she did not usually give my brother his baths. I did that. Our babysitter did. She didn't feed him dinner. She didn't check our homework. She was not involved in our early years. And I think it was because she wasn't interested in having a young child. She didn't relate to young children. And I think that this is a problem that a lot of people have, that when they have children, they think this is, and this is one reason why I didn't have kids, they think this is the logical next step, right? I'm I'm married, I'm an adult, I should have kids or whatever it is that they're thinking. But they know deep down inside, maybe they're not a kid person. That was my mom. That was Linda. She, she should not have had kids. And I know saying that would mean, you know, if that didn't happen, that Justin and I wouldn't be here. But 
she shouldn't have. And there's a lot of people that should not have children and do anyways. I was talking to my sister about this yesterday or, or whenever, sometime in the last few days about that. It takes, you have to have a license to catch fish. You have to have a license to drive a car. You have to have a license to have a dog, but anybody can be a parent. It doesn't matter what type of person you are. Anybody can be a parent. And that is very scary. And when we have things going on, like in the United States areas of the country that are making abortion illegal. And basically we're preventing mothers, some, this is not all cases, obviously, but some of them we're preventing mothers that know that, that they know they're not going to be a good mother or they can't support this child or they can't take care of them, you know, financially because their emotional health, whatever it might be, but we're forcing them to have these children. And then these children are being raised by a mother that doesn't want them. And they end up with all kinds of psychological problems. And we wonder why we have the things going on in our society society that we do. Our problems, most of them stem back to childhood. And if you have daddy issues or you have mommy issues, then you most likely have some things that you've carried over into adulthood. We're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those things, those things that you might notice within yourself. If you have a mother that was not around, not there to care for you, love you, whatever it was. Sometimes it's too much love. Sometimes it's that overbearing love. But we're going to talk about that after we come back from the break. And also, if anybody would like to call in after the break, you're more than welcome to. If you have your short stories that you would like to share about your own mothers, that number is 888-346-9141. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned, friends. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back 
to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. You know, I was thinking a little bit during the break about that maybe this is confusing a few people. And so I wanted to to say something here about my relationship with my mom. Most of the time, I talk really positive about my mom. She's passed away. She passed 19 years ago. And during the last 19 years, her and I have built a relationship that we did not have while she was alive. She has helped me so much over the last 19 years to overcome the things that she did to help teach me the things that she should have taught me when she was alive and to help me to understand why all of these things happened. It's really difficult for me to talk about her negatively sometimes because she is such a different, I can't say a different person because she's not a person and she is the same soul, but she's different. She was a person, a human here that made mistakes, that didn't understand life. And now she's on the other side and she sees things differently. So I wanted to point this out because this is what happens a lot of times. If you have a mother that is still alive, that you feel like, you know, you have these mommy issues with, it doesn't mean that when she passes away, that's the way things are going to be. I work with a lot of people, especially women that hold things against their mothers when they pass away. And I understand because if they've done things to you, if they were abusive, if, you know, any of those things, it's going to be very difficult when they pass to look past those things. But it is important for us to to realize that the mistakes that we make on earth teach us about ourselves and about our soul and it's our soul's growth. So my mother while she is helping me and Justin in this life, she is also growing herself and her soul is healing from what 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 she went through in this life. Because all of the things, the type of person that, that we are, you know, th- there's a lot of things that make us who we are, obviously. But like I was saying before, childhood is one of the biggest things. And so I try and look back at my mom's childhood and some of the stories that she told me about her own father and see where her damage came from. And I try and relate and try and understand. And I think for people that's mothers are still alive, that that's probably a good thing to do is to try and recognize that you're not the problem. No matter how much your mother says that you are the problem, you're not. The problem is her and what's going on inside of her head and what she's been through in her life and whatever she's trying trying to compensate by treating you the way that she treats you. But it's not about you. And we're not supposed to carry this on. This is This is one of the most important things is that we don't repeat the cycle. If you had a mother that was toxic, uh, whatever she did, please don't repeat the cycle. That is a huge karmic lesson. We are supposed to do things differently. We're supposed to treat our children the way that we would have wanted to be treated when we were children. And, And I said a little bit ago that this was one of the reasons why I did not have children of my own was I was afraid that I didn't have those things inside of me 
to be able to have a child and raise a child the way that they were supposed to, because how do you do that when you don't, you did not have a mother yourself that taught to teach you the things that you should have been taught. I moved out of my mom's house when I was 18 years old. I could not wait. I seriously could not wait. Uh, I moved to Las Vegas with my then boyfriend who became my first husband. And I told myself I would never be like her, that I would never repeat the things that she did. And one of the ways I was going to do that was to not have kids, which I did. But the other was to just make sure that if I noticed things coming up in myself that reminded me of her, that I was going to stop them. And I did that. I did very well at that. However, I did not realize the long-term damage that was done because of not having the type of mother that I should have. And that happens to a lot of us. We have this damage, abandonment issues or anger issues or resentment or whatever that we carry on into our relationships with others a lot of times because we don't realize that we are doing it. And so we have to take a look at those things. It's not just about not being what our par- our mothers were, what our parents were. It's also about recognizing the damage that they did to us so that we can undo it and not carry it on. So if you feel like I'm going to I'm going to go over some things that are associated with mommy issues. So if you feel like you have any of these things then and this relates to you, you know, you feel like, oh my gosh, this might be what, you know, some of my issues are, then you might have some mommy issues. One thing is that your relationships with other people tend to be more confusing. You end up feeling hurt and emotionally exhausted by interactions with people. If your mother is still alive, interacting with her is probably very emotional at times, exhausting. Um, a, a lot of people tell me it's too much, that they just won't have anything to do with their mothers because it is too much. So that definitely is um, a problem there because, you know, we want to love our moms, don't we? Like, we, we, we don't, you know, we're not born going, oh, I don't want to have a good relationship with my mom. So, the fact that a lot of us can't because of their issues is is very hard. Moms that are toxic also love to judge and criticize their children. They like to put them down for small things. Um, they will talk down to you because it makes them feel better about themselves or they are repeating what was done to them if they were talked down to. Toxic moms are usually very manipulative. They want you to be who they want you to be, and they will manipulate you into being that person. A lot of times the toxic moms are also very self-centered. They don't want to listen to you. It's all about them, 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 them. It's you're the child. You're, you know, (laughs) my mom, one of the things that she loved to say to me in different, different ways was children should be seen, not heard. Be quiet. Don't talk unless you're spoken to. Uh, Just, you know, small things like that. She would play things like the quiet game with me where she would pay me a dollar to shut up. And, you know, it would just go on until until she told me that I could talk. Uh, They don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear what your problems are, what your fears are. I've talked about things on the show where I've, I've before where I've had fears like of the wind or earthquakes or things as a child, things I didn't understand, fire, whatever. 
And my mom was so not sympathetic to me at all that I just didn't tell her anymore what my problems were. I kept everything inside. And when you keep everything inside, it can make for a very confusing existence. But come to find out that this is very common and that a lot of kids do this. They keep things inside because they're too embarrassed. They're too worried about what mom or dad is going to say. And this is where we have to change the way that we do things and allow our children to feel like we're a safe place and that they can come to us, even with the most ridiculous thing. Like my grandfather was always great about this. Here's an example. Um, One day, I I don't know, I think I was like six or seven. We got on the freeway and I remember thinking as a kid that I thought the freeway was like a treadmill and then it moved, but I had never asked anybody before. And so we get on the freeway and I asked him, does the freeway move? And he just answered me so politely. He's like, no, the car moves. The, the, The tires take you where you're going, right? If I would have asked my mom that question, she probably would have called me stupid and said, what would make you think something so stupid like that? Why do we answer our children like that? Why would we do that? We they're, They don't know. If they're an, asking a question that they don't know the answer to, it's because they're a child and they want to know the answer to it. But a lot of us had mothers that made us feel stupid for asking just basic questions. Toxic moms will also gaslight you. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation. It will make you think you're crazy. It will cause self-doubts about the situation. Uh, These gaslighters, uh, they will lie, they will deny, they will deflect to keep you from believing that they're the problem because they want you to think that you're the problem. So after a while, you might literally feel like you're going like you're going crazy. Um, She might say things to you like, I never said that, or I think you have a problem with your vision, or you must be stupid, (laughs) or whatever. But lying and denying makes you question your your senses. And so this gaslighting can definitely make you feel like I must be the problem. Like if if she's saying that I'm the problem and that I did this, I must be the problem. But recognize that. Stop and look at it and think to yourself, did I say what she just said I said? Did I do that? There was one time where my mom told me that I could spend the night at my cousin's girlfriend's house. And uh, she was, my mom was going out of town and she said, as long as the babysitter said it was okay, that I could go. And I went. And when I came home, she lost her mind on me. I never told you, you could go. I told you, you couldn't go going on and on. And at one point she did tell me she couldn't, I couldn't go, but then she changed her mind. So she really made me feel like I was crazy. And I sat there for the longest time going, did she say that? Did she say I couldn't go? And I misheard her. No. She was gaslighting me for whatever reason. I don't know. They just do this sometimes. But that situation really messed with my head because it made me realize for the first time that I can say anything and she can come back with anything. I can say, you told me that I could do this and she can come back with, I never said that even when she did. And that was a scary kind of change in our relationship. And it definitely made me look at things differently. A lot of moms are very abusive. Um, And it's very unfortunate, but uh, mental abuse is very common. Uh, And it doesn't even have to be mental or emotional abuse. It can be neglect. It can be simply just not giving you the needs that you need. Uh, Some of the some horrible child abuse cases, you know, moms will go without feeding their children. I've heard some horrible things. I'm sure a lot of you have. Uh, There's this case that happened here in Southern California. They call it the House of Horrors. And it's it was like um, 
gosh, I don't know how many kids there were. There was a lot. There was a lot of kids. I want to say 12 plus kids living in this house and some of them being shackled to the beds and not being fed and stuff like that. And it was all at the hands of mom. And I mean, there was a dad, but most of the time it seems like the dads just sit there and they just listen to the moms. It's like they're whipped by the moms or whatever it is. But this is a bad, that was a bad case of child abuse and of a toxic mom. Um, Signs of emotional abuse that you might notice like now as an adult um, is constantly criticizing yourself or feeling rejected even when you're not um, talking down to yourself because these are the things that she would do that she would done like, you know, criticizing you, making threats, um, rejecting you, um, the emotional neglect that I was talking about. And if you struggle with PTSD and you have, and you're relating to these things that I'm talking about, this is probably where your PTSD comes from. And one thing that I've been hearing a lot about recently is CPTSD, which is chronic PTSD. It's where you've suffered long-term trauma. And so you have long-term trauma and um, that's really sad. A lot of us have that when it comes to our parents. My PTSD is definitely related to my childhood trauma and to my mom passing away. Um, When she died, you know, that was difficult because our relationship had gotten much better, but there were also a lot of things that were left unsaid. I never knew why she did the things that she did. I never understood why when I told her that I was being sexually abused, she didn't believe me. Um, it, it, there were things that I really wanted to ask her that I didn't ask her, but fortunately I'm a medium. And so I have been able to work these things out with her, but most people can't do that. And so I definitely suggest that if you have these kinds of issues with your mother, that you talk to her before she passes, get that out. So we have a call coming from Nevada, Denitra in Nevada. So hello, Denitra. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for calling. So I was actually referred by um, Katie Byrne to, it's crazy because I had just talked to her about my issue I'm having with my mom. And so happened the next day, you had announced you were doing this podcast on toxic mothers. Um, So I'm struggling and I've I've been listening to you and it's like everything you're saying, I'm just lost for words because... I'm 51 years old and I've been experiencing the toxic relationship with my mom for all my life. And it's getting worse because she's getting older. So I'm just, I'm just concerned that do they change? Because when you just even mentioned how with the mother passing and talking to them, well, what about when you're dealing with a mother that you can't talk to? Like you can't even get a sentence out because they're going to over talk you and shut you out and block you out of what you're saying. So it's like, you're dealing with all this toxicity that you've experienced in your childhood up until your adulthood, but you can never get that closure before something does happen to them because of their personality. I absolutely understand that. And I know people that have had similar situations are in similar situations where there is absolutely no way that they can get their point across to their mother. What I would suggest if you haven't done this yet is write her a letter. Write her a letter and mm-hmm. tell her everything that you feel. You you mm-hmm. don't have to give her that letter. Um, so mm-hmm. when you write it, I would write it as though you're not going to give it to her. Get everything out. And then you could also, like, if you type it, you could go back and, like, if there's things you feel are too harsh or whatever, you could take those out in the version you give her okay. or whatever. But if she's not going to listen to you, then 
Mm-hmm. She has to have something in front of her to read. And the, the wonderful thing about a letter is that she might at first get upset, but she'll go back and read it again and again mm-hmm. and again. Mm-hmm. And maybe that will okay. get through to her. That would be my best suggestion because there are just some moms that you just absolutely cannot get through to. Yeah, she's definitely that mom. And it's like she doesn't realize the mental abuse. When you say that she's abusive, she only she only sees physical. So she doesn't oh, yeah. understand. And, you know, like it's the old school, like you were saying in the beginning of your podcast, that she doesn't understand the um, the mental abuse is actually worse than physical abuse, the emotional and mental because it stays with you. And that's what I'm dealing with and struggling with with her. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. The emotional abuse is it's it does. It really sticks with you. So I hope that in your life, you recognize when those things come up, that you're not the problem, that these were things that were done to you. And so that you can, you know, look at those and change those and be a happy person and know that she doesn't do the things that she does because of you. She does them because of who she is. You know, gotcha. Yeah. Thank you so much. I will definitely be setting up a reading with you. Um, so I will definitely look forward to speaking with you in the future. I am looking forward to it too. Thank you so much, Denitra, for calling. No problem. You have a good day. Thank you. You too. I'm glad to hear those types of things, you know, that there are people that relate to this. I know that there are a, are a lot of you, but it also makes me sad. It brings tears to my eyes because I wish that it didn't have to be this way. I wish that we could all have our mothers and that they could be to us what we need them to be. Because I don't know about you, but for me, it's hard. It's hard to watch people that have good mothers with and watch those relationships. It's hard. Mother's Day is hard because it makes you think think that you could have had a good mom, but you were born into this life with a mom that wasn't great. Or, you know, if your mom is gone, like, like for me, I sometimes resent people that still have their mothers that treat them bad, especially when the mothers are not treating their children bad. That really gets to me. Um, A few days after my mom's funeral, my cousin exploded on my aunt in a restaurant in public for absolutely no reason. And all I could do was cry about the fact that he had his mother still right there. And all he wanted to do was be mean to her. And I know it's because of how he was raised and that she was a toxic mom as well. But I'm sure that a lot of you can relate when I say that it it, it sucks to see somebody that still has their mom here that they don't get to have that kind of relationship for whatever reason too. So, so let's go ahead and take our next break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, different things that these mommy issues can cause in our lives and how to try and get past them because it is important. It is a part of our soul's journey here to let go of these things that our mothers did as much as we possibly can so that they don't affect our relationships with our spouse, with our children, with our friends, coworkers, whoever. It's it's a challenge, um, but that's what we are here to do. So let's go ahead and take that break, and we will be back, everyone. Stay tuned. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. 
Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. We are talking about when mom is the problem. And I know that there's a lot of you listening right now that totally get it. You have or had a mom that is a problem. Let's talk a little bit more first before moving on about what makes a mom toxic. Because there's still some things here that I think are important to point out. Uh she makes you feel bad about your decisions, about your life. There's so many parents, not just moms, dads do this too, where it's like they want you to do something in particular with your life. And when you don't, they make you feel bad about it. That's just a small example. But but the toxic moms can do this with absolutely anything. Like I mentioned, I was 18 when I moved out on my own. And when I told my mom that I was moving to Vegas, it became all about her. How could you leave me? How can you do this to me? I'm not going to be able to live without you. You know, suicide threats. So, like, Jesus, I'm 18 years old and I deserve to have my own life. I shouldn't feel like I have to stay here in California with my mother because she might kill herself if I move out of state, you know. Uh, she did not go with me when I moved. She did not take me to Vegas or to help me set my apartment like a good mother would have. She sent my aunt to do that. Why? Because it was too painful for her to go with me. It was too painful for her to see her daughter move on with her life. A couple of days before I married my first husband, she told me she wasn't coming to the wedding because she was having money issues and didn't feel like it. Um, she did end up coming to the wedding, but that's really hard to hear when your mom, it's not even about you. It's not even about your relationship. It's she's having a tough time herself. And so she might not come to your wedding. 
that was just kind of brutal. You know, um, these are the types of things that they will do. Oh, also take like the focus off of things um, or like ruin holidays. I know a lot of people that have mothers that will ruin holidays or like when I got my first car, my grandfather bought me my first car and my mom didn't talk to me for days after he bought me the car because she was jealous. Um, that's a silent treatment. The silent treatment a lot of times is a weapon of choice with toxic moms as well. She might publicly humiliate you. My mom loved to do this. She loved to see how others would react if she called me stupid or told me to go play on the freeway or, you know, said nasty things to me for whatever reason. And she did it in such a way that it sounded funny. But if you realize that she's talking to a child, you know, it's not so funny. You know who's a toxic mother that that nobody talks about? If you watch the show, The Goldbergs, that mother's toxic. Like, I don't even like that show. We watched it for almost all of it. But as we started going more and more into this show, I was like, that is one of the most toxic mothers I, I've seen. I would rather have had my mother that let me do whatever I wanted and didn't care than somebody that was on top of everything that you did, like that mother in the Goldbergs. So that's something else that a toxic mom could be is just on you all the time. Never wants, you know, you to do anything for yourself and 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 that kind of thing. Um, she doesn't celebrate your success. You might feel like you're walking on eggshells. These are all signs of a toxic mom and that you're dealing with this kind of situation. And I honestly don't think that I need to point out to the people that have toxic moms. I think, you know, I think we all know. But, you know, sometimes hearing these things and hearing that there are other people that can relate to you that have been through the same thing, it really helps. And so that's why I do these kinds of episodes, because you can hear stories of my own. Or from like Denitra, the, the lady that called in that she's going through it. You can relate and understand that there are people that are going through the same thing. Unfortunately, there are a lot of things that these mommy issues cause long term. I had mentioned the PTSD, but there's also things um, there's there's something called anxious attachment. And this is abandonment issues, basically. And this will show up in other relationships if this is something that you had with your mom as well. And um it's kind of characterized by excessive worry that your partner might leave you or that somebody's mad at you. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of different things that goes along with these abandonment issues. But yeah, if you're constantly worried that, you know, your partner might leave, that's definitely one of them. Um, and, and other things you might see are like um, needing to always feel like emotionally closer to your partner in order to feel secure or you have a negative self-image of yourself constantly looking for signs in your partner that they want to break up or that they're pulling away from you. I do hear this one a lot from people that having a mother that was like this and that it caused them abandonment issues, they never really relax in a relationship. And you know what? My my husband, Danny, he has abandonment uh, issues and so do I. And so this is something that we've actually talked to each other about and we reassure each other that neither one of us is going anywhere so that we know that we don't have to worry about that. And that if there ever was an issue that we would talk to each other. And like, actually the last time that we had an argument, I heard my mom say, you need to reassure him that this is just an argument and that no matter where this argument goes, it's not, there's nothing bad's going to happen in your relationship. You need to reassure him. And so I think we need to do that with our partners that have this abandonment issue because fights are fights and they happen. They happen in relationships. There's no really getting around that, but we have to feel comfortable with our partners 
and not feel like if, you know, we act a certain way or, or there's an argument or whatever that they're going to leave us. So opening that line of communication is very healthy in a relationship so that your partner knows, hey, I have these abandonment issues. And so when we argue, it would be helpful if you told me, you know, I, I'm not going anywhere or, or whatever. Uh, it can also make you anxious um, about a lot of things, I, anxious just in life in general, if you suffered these things, but even with making decisions and, and things like that. Um, there's also avoidance attachment, which is a little different. This is being treated with neglect or harsh treatment from a mother. Um, so this may cause you to develop things um, like if your mom was too critical or too demanding uh, things like that discourage you from being yourself, then you might have this kind of avoidant, uh, avoidant attachment. And people that have this a lot of times have a resistance to affection. Uh, they don't know how to be how to be loved or how to love. Uh, they have low levels of trust. Um, like I said, difficulty showing affection difficulty maintaining relationships. Um, they might have anger issues or be impulsive. I think I got both of these things from my issues from my mom, and I definitely have worked on a lot of them, but learning how to trust was very difficult. Uh, I never realized that I was not an affectionate person. My grandma was affectionate with me, but my mother was not. And there was something about that that did something to me that... Um, it made it so that I almost didn't need the affection, but now where I am in my life, I do. And when I have those moments where I revert back to childhood, where I feel those mommy issues coming in, now I actually feel like all I want is a hug. I just want a hug. And I think, why do I feel that way? You know why I feel that way? Because that's how I felt as a child. Because when mom was yelling, when she was upset about something and when it was over, there was never an apology there was never a hug. There was never anything like that. My mom never apologized to me for anything that she did. Life just went on. It Like like I was saying about the car when she ignored me for days, life just went on. She never asked me anything about the car. She never really wanted to take a drive in it. It just, life went on like it didn't exist and like that situation didn't happen. It's very unhealthy. And, and we can take these things into adulthood and turn them into unhealthiness in our own life. And that's why we need to look at them and, and stop them, stop these things from progressing, really. Um, if you have experienced these types of relationships or these things with your mother, you might be overly needy in relationships. You might feel super clingy. And again, this comes back to talking to your partner about this is why I do the things that I do. And I don't want to be like this. So maybe you can help me and be reassuring and things like that. You might have difficulty expressing emotions, not just affection, but emotions. Like, you know, if you're feeling a certain way and you don't know how to process it, how can you possibly explain it to somebody else? You might also be an extreme people pleaser. Uh, for me, this has definitely been something um, where like my mom, she kind of used me as her servant uh, especially in that the last um, like five years that I lived with her, it was, you know, she'd be upstairs and I could be in my room, which was just a couple doors down. And she'd call me into her room and ask me to go get her something to drink, which was, you know, downstairs. So I go downstairs, get her something to drink. So she doesn't have to get out of her bed. This is just a small example. But what it taught me was to take care of other people. It taught me that this is how you show love to people. Last week, I had talked about the different love languages and told you that my 
my love language is acts of service. And I never really realized why until recently. And the reason is because this is how I showed my mom that I loved her. It was the only way that I could because there was no, like, there was really no other way. She wasn't affectionate. She didn't want to really hear about, you know, what I had to say. This was how I showed her that I loved her was by doing things for her. And she made me feel important when I would do things for her. Um, She started sending me to the grocery store by myself when I was 10 years old. And I looked at that as I'm doing good for my mom. I helped her to, when the babysitters weren't around, I helped her to raise my brother. I just looked at all of these things as this is how you show that you love. And that's not how you show that you love. There needs to be an equal balance. Um, if you can't people please, you can't try and fix people or take care of others all the time because that's what you learned in your childhood or what you needed from your childhood. There are so many things that we carry along with us through life that our mothers did. But I think that the most important thing to remember is it's not about you. It's not about what your mother did to you is not a direct reflection of who you are as a person. It's a direct reflection of who she is. But carrying on the bad habits that she taught you is a reflection of who you are. And that's where we need to stop it. That's where we need to say, I'm not going to do these things to my children. I'm going to either not have children or I'm going to figure out how to do this the right way. And even though I didn't have biological children, I did end up with a stepdaughter who has very similar issues with her own mother. And it's very strange how that happened because it has taught me how to let go of a lot of the things that my mother did to me so that I could be a better stepmother to her. One of the things I I never really got past was the physical side of things, the the love and comfort that was never shown to me. That was a really, really hard one. And I, I really, I still don't understand why there are certain things that were harder for me to get over that she did. But I'm sure that a lot of you can relate to that and understand that sometimes we don't understand why our mothers do these things. And so it's hard for us to get past them. But it is important for us to do that work to get past it. And a lot of that is shadow work and inner child work. And we talked about that in other episodes. So hopefully if you need to learn more about that, go back and listen to those episodes because those will be very helpful as well. So that's all that I have time for you today, my friends. Um, I hope that I helped some of you at least to relate so that you know that there's other people out there that understand what you're going through. And if there's anybody that needs to talk after this episode, please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at beyondthebridge11 at gmail.com, or you can find me on social media at beyondthebridge11 for Facebook or uh, Samantha Jones Psychic Medium for Instagram. Feel free to message me wherever you like. My website is samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. You can schedule an appointment there, find out more about me, and also find the podcast that I have with my husband called Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses, where we talk about this kind of stuff, but we talk about a lot deeper in the universe as well. So my friends, until next week, I hope that you can have a wonderful Mother's Day, even if your mother wasn't the most wonderful person, try and you know, be a happy mom or be a happy person this Sunday for Mother's Day or today if you are from Mexico and you're celebrating today. Happy Mother's Day to all. Let's make it a good one. So next week, same time, same place, I will see you here. Until then, friends, peace and love.
thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.